Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, episode 39, the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Price Atkinson, joined by my TSN colleague, Joe Calabrese. We officially departed Fargo yesterday, safely home, smooth rides, actually without delay. It's a miracle, Joe. How about that? Get home without uh, airport delays, all bags make it, and it was a successful week plus in Fargo. Yeah, it's always uh, you know a gamble when you're running through O'Hare. So uh, it was nice to uh, we actually got in a little bit early, so it was kind of uh, kind of exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we had a great time uh, in Fargo at Shields Arena. Just before we go any further, I want to say thank you to everybody around uh, USA Curling. It was a little bit of a skeleton crew, but we we made it. Everybody was Shields Arena. Um, the athletes, the coaches, you know, everybody that just makes it uh, a special week and something we look forward to each year. And uh, it, it really went uh, pretty flawlessly, I think, for, for the most part, all things considered. So, you know, just a huge shout out to, to everybody, uh, you know, that just was a part of, of a great event there that saw us crown two national champions in Team Persiger and Team Sinclair, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. And two very des- deserving champions. It- at that, uh, Sinclair ran through the field mm-hmm. um, and won undefeated. Um, and and Greg Persinger, a, a team, uh, you know, new skip in Rich Ruinen, um, and Rich and really just got it done all week. Uh, wound up uh, ten and one for the week and just uh, dominating kind of fashion. The finals were terrific too. Yeah, and also before we go further, we'll get into this, what happened on the men's and women's side, but I want to let everybody know, Joe, you, they can go back and watch any game. Every game from Nationals is archived uh, at TESN.us. Anything you missed, uh, any action, uh, any interviews, fifth in breaks, I mean, the whole everything, Joe, you guys, you've got it up and posted at TESN.us. So uh, family, friends, anybody can go back and watch games that they missed. Absolutely. We got about uh, 20 or so draws up on the uh, website. And and as you said, just go to the archive section and you'll find the 2018 USA Curling Nationals right there. 
Yep. So, uh, as you mentioned, uh, let's let's kind of get into it here. Obviously, uh, you mentioned two deserving, very deserving champions, and there's no question because let's start on the women's side. Sinclair they they ran through it. Your exact words, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't taste taste defeat the entire time en route to a second straight U.S. national championship. And you know, having them in the booth and talking with Jamie uh, through the week, it, it really I think their mindset that the fact this year they win, they go which was unlike last year uh, when they won, and Nina Roth still represented uh, Team USA at the World. So I think that really played a little bit of a factor, and they were just simply clicking on all cylinders. Their closest game was the final that they knocked off Corey Christensen 6-5. Uh, to five. That was the closest. Their, the next closest game they had all week was, I believe, three points. So just a dominating week for Team Sinclair. Yeah, you know, you can talk about just preparation. I think that they were probably the most prepared team that was there. I mean, uh, for one, you know, they won the hammer in each of the games that they played in the round robin, and that allowed them to have the hammer in the in the final. Um, also, uh, you got to look at Christensen and, and, you know, that Corey was not available for the very beginning of the week, and Natalie Nicholson, you know, was there uh, subbing in. And they did fine while Natalie was there. And, and I'm not – I just think that – Considering the situation, um, having your entire team there the entire time probably was a factor yeah. um, at the end of the day. And, and, and Jamie securing that number one seed, which was just super important. I got her directly to the final by going undefeated. And, yeah. and at, uh, you know, I just think that preparation is probably the number one thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, going to the final game, it, you know, it was a uh, Sinclair, Jamie specifically, was the best of any skip all week at 82%. And, you know, that last draw, yeah, she said it was a little bit heavy, maybe out of her hands. Sweepers did a great job with it. But, you know, that that's, you know, Scott Baird said nerves of steel. And that was a moment that, you know, she had been working on, working toward final rock, game on the line. You got you to draw the forefoot. And she pulls it off. I mean, I, it's it's just you got to keep you got to keep working. Those things don't just happen, and that's a lot of pressure. It doesn't matter how many people are in the stands. Uh, all things uh, aside, you know that w- you have one draw to the forefoot for a national championship in a spot of the world. That is pressure. Oh, absolutely, and it, it also shows you you know how all the ends before it can lead up to that. I mean, yeah. Christensen stole in the first end and, and Jamie made a terrific shot to get two in the second end. Um, and that was her last two, the entire game. And she managed to keep the game nice and close. She wound up managing the game in the even ends had hammer in the sixth, eighth and 10th ends and uh, a tie game going into the 10th. All she needed was that draw. And that while there was a lot of pressure, that's what she was prepared for the entire end. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from Jamie Sinclair right now after their victory, her second straight U.S. National Championship. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a back-and-forth game. Uh, first end didn't go our way. Obviously, we had the hammer and came up light on my draws, gave up that steal. A little bit nervous after that, for sure, but bounced back with a great shot in the second end and and uh, and then kind of just maintained slight control in the, the ends following and finally came home tied with hammer. I mean, that's a great situation to be in. We had a, um, a couple missed shots, so we were kind of in a, in a little bit of a pickle there, but uh, just super proud of, of everyone on the team, especially those sweepers judging that last rock. I mean, yeah. I threw it a little bit hot out of hand, not yeah. going to lie, but uh, just super proud of them for uh, judging it correctly and, and making the shot. All the hard work you guys put into this season. I know, obviously, November, 
didn't work out when yeah. you wanted it to, but you reset your goals, kind of pivot and get ready for worlds and start yeah. working toward this. How does it, I mean, it's got to feel incredible to accomplish that. That's the biggest thing. Again, just, just so much pride in this team for how, how we managed to rebound after a pretty devastating November, but we came back. We, I mean, we played great in the U.S. Open. We played great in Bern, runner-up, and um, and then we had a slam to practice on playing on championship ice like this, and then we come here and go undefeated. So we just, I cannot be more proud of the team for how well we rebounded after that November. And just playing so well here, obviously, Worlds is not far away. Yeah. This has got to catapult you guys, and you've got to feel like you're on top of the world at your best going into Worlds. Yeah, we're definitely feeling really good about our game. There's some little areas that could use some improvement for sure, but um, we definitely are going to ride this confidence curve and the momentum going into Worlds. All right, and that's the skip Jamie Sinclair and um, you know, Corey Christensen, nothing to hang their hats about is, is well either because, you know, just like Cora Farrell got experience uh, as a junior team playing in that two, three page playoff game, you know, the fact that Corey Christensen and this young team, I mean, this is a young team with uh, the Anderson twins and Jenna Martin, that's fantastic experience for them as well, Joe, playing in the finals of the U.S. Nationals, especially considering some of the ups and downs they had this year. And you'll hear from Corey in a second, you know, with some coaching changes. Clearly, you know, Corey had uh, Olympic duties. She missed, uh, didn't hop in, I believe, until what, uh, Monday, late Monday, Tuesday, uh, with Natalie Nicholson doing just a fantastic job in her absence. And I think the team really benefited from Natalie being around. But, you know, they battled till the bitter end. And, you know, Jamie misses. They're the ones going to world. So, But I I just think, you know, experience-wise – um, Corey and them are going to get a lot out of that one, Joe. You know, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned how young a team they are, and I think that um, Corey has now um, world-level experience by being at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah has had some experience um, at a world. Yep. Um, and I know Jenna Martin is going to be the fifth uh, for uh, Sinclair going uh, to world. So it's just one more time that that team is going to have world level experience uh, yep. with one of their members. And it's just going to benefit them going forward. Yeah. And I thought uh, the aggressiveness that they showed at the beginning uh, in trying to force the action, because they, I mean, the, the two teams, they obviously know what each other does and what they do well. So I thought it was a great strategy on the part of coach Phil Drobnik and uh, Corey to, to go ahead and, and try and play aggressively, which they did. Here's Corey Christensen afterwards. Yeah, I mean, our plan going into it was to, you know, play a little more aggressive than we played last time we played them and put the pressure um, on them, and we did that. You know, we played really well, had a lot of opportunities and capitalized on a lot of opportunities and, uh, you know, made her make a draw to the forefoot on her last shot, so really not much more you can ask there. What was the maybe turning point? What was the moment where, you know, it kind of turned a little bit? Um, I think when we were forced to one in the ninth, you know, we were um, kind of going for the blank there, um, and then it just kind of got a little junked up, yeah. and, uh, you know, still good to score one there, yeah. and, you know, we were feeling really confident in the last yeah. end. We had some good rock placement, um, but, yeah, like I said, she made a great shot yeah. there in the last. It's been a long year, I know, for you guys, you know, really kind of starting early, but, you know, just kind of take it through your team. You've had just such a fantastic year now, and you get to play in the finals of the U.S. Nationals. Yeah, I mean, it was really just a great, it was a good ending to a good year, you know. We've, um, I'm happy with the girls for battling through. You know, we didn't have the trials that we wanted to have, but um, you know, they battled through it and just really came out and played phenomenal this week. And so, I'm just really proud of the team for sticking with it and playing well. So, thanks. 
All right, there's Corey Christensen right there. So, again, Team Sinclair moving on to the Women's World Championship. We're going to talk about that in the final segment. Uh, Women's World is going to be in North Bay, Ontario, starting this Saturday. The team only going to have about three or four days. They're going to leave, I think, uh, what Scotty Bear told me is Thursday. So not much time and turnaround for those guys. But on the men's side, Joe, Team Persinger, uh, another – Another, I mean, just look, they, they play like they did uh, in Fargo. I, they will be on the medal stand with some color. What color, I don't know. But if they can duplicate that kind of effort that we saw, and what we saw was them beat maybe the favorite or co-favorite going into the, the, to the entire event, Heater McCormick beat them three times. I mean, three. you beat a team three times, to me that leaves no doubt. And... You know, look, Heater and them, they just made a few too many mistakes. But in the end, it's Team Persinger skipped by Richie Ruinen that's headed to the World Championship. Just a marvelous, magnificent week that they put on in uh, at Shields Arena. Yeah, they were just basically two points away from being undefeated. Uh, they got beat by Todd Burr 6-5 to five in the round robin. Um, so, I mean, just a dominating performance by uh, a team uh, and Team Persinger and uh, each player shot either over 90% or very close to 90% for the week. Um, I, I don't know how many teams can beat a team that yeah. are doing that consistently. And so I, I would agree with you that there's a very good chance that this team is going to medal uh, come world uh, in Vegas starting on April 1st. Yeah, and it won't surprise you that obviously Tilker, Huffman, Richie Ruinen, and Greg Persinger all lead their respective positions when it comes to uh, shooting percentages through the week. Ruinen, uh, Richie, and Colin, and Phil all above 90%. Persinger just a hair under at 87 and a half so those guys were just absolutely dominant uh you know in in knocking off McCormick and crew 7-5 in the championship game Saturday evening at Shields Arena here's here is Greg Persinger and Richie Ruinen a guy who you know Dr. Double how much he loves Vegas you'll hear the excitement in his voice about the chance to go back to Vegas this time to play for a world championship 10 years since he last played for it when the U.S. hosted it in Grand Forks. Here's Richie Ruinen and Greg Persinger. All right, guys, take us through it. 7-5, 2018 USA Curling National Championship Champions. You punch your ticket to Vegas, guys. How does it feel? I don't have any words to describe it. Uh, never thought after this se- the way this season started, I never thought uh, I would be sitting here, picked up this guy, and here we are. Is it maybe a lucky charm, a guy that loves Las Vegas as much as this guy does? <laughs> Might be, you know. Vegas, yeah. we, we picked him up. First spiel we played in, we won. So uh, pretty lucky so far. Talk about it, Richie. You guys uh, in control got in a little bit of trouble there. But five and six when they took yeah. control and got the lead. One of the only, I think, second steal only all week you guys gave up. Yeah. And you come roaring back. Yeah, we, we did give up. We gave up that steal, but I told the guys we've been playing well. We've been getting deuces pretty regularly with the hammer so you know uh we felt if we could get a deuce back we'd be fine and we made some big shots and you know uh you know we had a couple of picks and that's how they got the deuce there and we were in control of the game they had a chance at a deuce but if that rock doesn't pick it's pretty tough for them to get a deuce so we felt like we were in control of the game and we played like we wanted to play all week we had a good game plan and we played it we played aggressive and we, we made shots it was, it was big we overcame two picks and yeah. only gave up one deuce out of it so almost didn't give up one deuce yeah <laughs> About this far away, which from is that. incredible. <laughs> what about getting to play men's worlds on home U.S. soil to be able to do it here in Las Vegas? How awesome is that going to be? 
It's going to be great. The hardest thing is going to be keeping him out of the casino. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome playing in front of home crowd. There's people coming from all over. People coming from Alaska, I know, already. They already have hotel rooms. So it'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It was 10 years ago that I made the wor- that I made the Worlds with Craig Brown, and it was it was here. It was in Grand Forks, and it was phenomenal there. Lots of fan support, and I, I can only imagine it's going to be bigger in Vegas because I know a ton of people are going. And all the rest <laughs> of you, come on out and cheer us on. There you have it, Joe. You could hear the excitement right there. I want to go. I'm going to be there, but I think maybe uh, hopefully Terry might put me on a little bit of a duty, wallet duty, so I can carry Rich's wallet so I can tell everybody I'm on his tab all weekend. <laughs> that would be a pretty good thing to be. <laughs> because you know you know, if there's anybody that loves pull tabs, and I told him, I said, Richie, you might have a hard time finding the pull tabs in Vegas. He's like, i got plenty of other things I can play there. Pull tabs aside, it doesn't matter, but – those guys are going to play uh, for the World Championship in Las Vegas in a place that is sure to be electric. Uh, the atmosphere should be incredible at Orleans Arena. Uh, we'll get into the men's field and World Championships in a sec- second but uh, after we come back. But Chris Ply is going to be the uh, fifth-slash-alternate for this team. What do you think? Uh, what I mean, just the way these guys play, what is it about Nationals and Dr. Double where the, just the magic happens? I just think that Richie is a catalyst and a, and a team that kind of needs um, a little bit of, of transition from that front end to the back end. Richie, I think, provides that. I think he's he's a constant communicator. I think that he, he his skipping ability allows Greg to just focus on throwing the right line and the right weight. And uh, I think that that's good for him. He's a little bit less of uh, yeah, he's more soft spoken, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Uh, well, as uh, Colin and Richie and Phil, uh, it, they're vocal, and and they're gonna if they make shots like they did at nationals, the 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 phrase "Let's go" is yeah. gonna be something that every curler in the U.S. knows because they're gonna you're you're gonna hear it a lot. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, and uh, you know it's just going to be awesome. I, you know, excited for those guys, proud of them. You know, you could just see the excitement, uh, you know, in their faces and afterwards. It's just, it's interesting to go back and look at this team. That this is this team is really not different at all outside of uh, Richie moving in for Brady Clark, who, you know, the guys had decided to make a change right after the Olympic trials and. You know, Brady, who had been with these guys for a long time, Richie moves in, and the word catalyst you used, I think that's exactly what he was. I mean, I don't think there's another word you can put for it because there was just that spark there. You know, the first uh, the first event they played in, uh, they had a great uh, result at the U.S. Open, and really, since he took on and, and joined this team, they have really they have really soared. Yeah, I think Keter may um, be sorry that he ever let Richie go. Um, so, um, because Richie, Richie, I mean. He's just the kind of player that is not only a strong thrower, but he's a great strategist, and he and he is terrific in terms of attitude. And I think that you know you add all that together with with these guys who can be fiery and make shots. Um, you know, it, you can get rolling really quick, and and just like in in craps, just you know, don't throw seven, and you're gonna do really really well. And I think that you know these guys heading to Vegas, it, it's it's money in the bank. Yeah, I know it was tough for Heater and those guys because they come up just short in the best of three against Schuster and company at the Olympic trials. And then they battle their way back, uh, you know, after losing the one-two game, and, and they they easily handle Todd Burr and company, and uh, th- then they get back to get one more crack at uh, Persinger and Richie and everybody, and just can't get it done. I mean, just I, you'll hear it from Corey Dropkin right here afterwards. Just you know, just pretty bummed I, I, after you lose. Here's Corey Dropkin. 
Yeah, um, you know, we were able to capitalize on on uh, you know a couple of different opportunities in the middle of the game, and um, you know between uh, between the deuce and five, and then a steal and six, uh, we were feeling pretty good, and um, kind of had a couple unfortunate misses or half shots in the seventh end, and um, you know heater kind of saved us a little bit, and we were able to kind of force the deuce. Um, but you know, games just started to get a little bit out of, or just a little bit, uh, um, you know, away from our hands, and uh, just kind of slipped away a little bit. And uh, um, you know, it happens. It's uh, you know, we fought till the end, and unfortunately, it didn't come out our way, and that happens. It's just uh, something to make uh, to make me and all of us work a little bit harder for next year and in the future. So. So Joe, I feel for I feel for that crew. Uh, you know, had a really good season. Uh, they were really hot coming in, uh, but nonetheless, it will be Persinger and crew representing Team USA at the World Championship. So we're going to get into that in a few minutes. Uh, also, update on the Paralympics and the women's world. We'll talk about that here when we come back here on the Extra Extra. All right, the extra extra in episode 39, Price Atkinson, Joe Calabrese coming off a great week in Fargo, but let's take a uh, let's take a break from what we got here at home and let's go overseas right now real quick, Joe, and the Paralympics, uh, Team USA, skipped by Kirk Black, uh, joined by Vice Skip Steve Imp, also uh, Megan Lino, Penny Greeley, and Justin Marshall, those guys having a little bit of a rough go, one in four so far in round-robin play, got a win over Sweden. Um, they've got a tough road coming up as they will have China and Canada. Canada at three and two that started out uh, a perfect three and zero, oh, but Canada's lost their last two. Um, and then China is also coming up tomorrow, a doubleheader, and China leading the field at the Paralympics five and zero, oh, followed by Great Britain and Germany and Korea all in a three-way tie at four and one. So our Paralympians uh, got a little bit of a tough road, but certainly they're no uh, stranger to adversity. I know that they're going to battle Joe and, you know, just continue to fight till the end. And I will say just real quick, I uh, got a little bit of feedback from some people from last week's episode, uh, you know, with uh, Steve Empton, Kurt Black, I had an interview with them a couple weeks ago and we had that for you just in the last episode, episode 38, heard some feedback uh, and really appreciate everybody letting us know that, that they enjoyed that one. That, that, that was one of my most favorites that we have ever done. It might be my most favorite but you know thanks to everybody who who gave us some feedback on that yeah you know it's it's great to get those types of interviews and sprinkle them in with all of the uh the athlete profiles the people that we kind of have uh, traditionally known you know these these folks uh, not only have they served their country athletically but uh in the military as well and it's it's a great thing to uh kind of hear their stories and, and what it means to them to represent the country. Yep. Um and also Price, you know, I would say, you know, even at one and four, they don't have to look much further for inspiration than Schuster. They could run yep. the table. Yep. Uh, and let's see them do it. Yep. You know, that is a hundred percent true. And, you know, these guys, uh I know that Kirk and uh Steve and everybody the you know, Penny had been there before, Megan's been there before, so they've got the they've got some experience there on, on the bench and on the roster. We're behind them 100%. Go Team USA. Go get it done in Pyeongchang. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and take a look at the Worlds. Um, Women's Worlds coming up first, March 17th through the 25th. That one going to be in North Bay, Ontario. Should be a beautiful setting. You mentioned Jenna Martin, the alternate on that team. Like the men's side, 13 teams 
in the field, and kind of like we we alluded to and, and mentioned in the first segment, Joe, if if Sinclair plays like they did this weekend, there's no question that they are firmly in the hunt for a spot on the podium. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, they, the focus on, on getting that hammer, I mean, just, it, it's so important, and uh, it seems to be something that they focused quite a bit on. I would suspect that they will have the hammer more often than not, yeah. and I think that that's going to help them propel them to a winning record. Now, whether or not that gets them on the podium, you know, I think you need to win a few close ones that you maybe uh, weren't expected to win. Um, but this team has been rising up the rankings all year, and I, there's no reason to believe that they can't they can't medal. Yeah. So uh, you know, <laughs> tried to, we talked about favorites and thus uh, and this you know all that uh, with the Olympics. I, I guess I probably shouldn't say after I thought Holman was the unquestioned favorite in the Olympics, and we know what happened there. I would think that Jennifer Jones and uh, company would be the favorite from Canada on the women's side, but that's not necessarily the case when you've got the reigning Olympic gold medalist on Hasselberg, who's going to be right there uh, at the top. And certainly Anna Sidorova is going to be representing Russia. The Koreans that won the silver medal, they're going to be there. I think Sophie Jackson from Scotland's a young team. They were at curling night in America. I I think probably looking at the teams, and we don't know the exact teams on the men's side yet, but the depth on the women's side looks like it might be a little bit better, though I think we'd all agree that in a immediately post-Olympic year, the world field is still going to be a little bit thin. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you look at those Asian teams too, Japan and South Korea. I mean, they had, some, had a really good showing at the Olympics. Um, I, I do like the idea that uh, it's only a few days between the nationals and, and the world on the women's side. Yeah. I think that that's a, a plus side for, for Sinclair. Uh, some of these teams maybe have had to wait a few weeks to, to play in meaningful competition. Um, but I do, I, I do agree with you. This is a pretty deep field. Yep. And so they're probably going to have to win a game or two that they are not favored in. Um, but I, I think they have it in them. Yeah. All right. On the men's side, the men's world championship coming up March 31st, April through April the 8th. That one going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, Orleans Arena. First time in a decade that the world championships on the men's side has come to the United States. And if it's anything like past Continental Cup, sign me up. Uh, This is going to be fun. And, you know, the Canadians are going to come strong. I talked to several people already. I've heard a lot of uh, U.S. fans are going to be making the trip out there. So the field is not completely set. We know our boys, uh, Team Persinger and Skip by Richie Ruiner, are going to be representing Team USA. But Brad Gushu is just one stone-cold assassin. If you watched him in the Briar last night, takes home a second straight Briar title. Brad Gushu and company going to be representing Team Canada. I believe Adine is going to be there, the Swedish rep, but I don't care. To me, I look at Gushu, and Gushu is the favorite. Yeah, I think you got to look at it that way. I mean, the guy's just on fire. The team is on fire. Um, the good news is, from what I can gather, they don't, the U.S. doesn't play them till pretty late in the uh, event. So hopefully uh, Persinger can wrap up a few wins early. Um, and get hot right at the right time. Uh, they, they play on the second to last day. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's a good chance that both teams will be really high up in the, in the rankings, and, and that game might be for a one-two, uh, or for, I'm sorry, for the one seed. Uh, they play semifinals in this. Yeah, and, and you talk schedule on the men's side. I, I kind of like it with the way it develops for Richie and company because they'll start with Japan, 
And then on Sunday, I believe they have a doubleheader against Korea. And then I believe they've got uh, the Netherlands also on Sunday. So, you know, not a killer way to start it. You don't have a Dean. You don't have Gushu uh, for Richie and company out of the gate. To me, that's a positive because I do think, you know, like Schuster and company benefit over in the Olympics. I think that's going to help. Richie and those guys kind of get their feet under them a little bit because I don't care where you are, it's going to take uh, it's going to take a few wins, especially and maybe a draw or two to to really get comfortable on the ice and and when you haven't been and competed on that stage in a long time, I I think that is going to help them at least on the outset of uh, you know the schedule and who they play. Yeah, I do like their schedule quite a bit. I think uh, you know they they finish up um, against. Uh, um, Switzerland. So I think that there's, uh, you know, they're going to have to China and Switzerland on the last day, excuse me. So mm-hmm. um, they'll have a doubleheader after Canada. Um, and if they do happen to lose to Gushu, they'll have a chance to regroup. Yeah. Well, if you want tickets, if you want more information, you want tickets, uh, anything, everything about the event, LasVegasCurling.rocks. Check it out right there. Of course, uh, our good friend at Curling Zone, Jerry Gertz, will have everything covered, statistics and, and much more. Uh, but LasVegasCurling.rocks is where you can get more info you know, about the event itself, hoping a lot of stars and stripes and USA curling fans turn out to cheer on Richie and the boys, and certainly those that can make it up north of the border uh, to North Bay, Ontario. But, you know, the season is winding down. Another event that starts this weekend, um, well, specifically actually on Thursday, is the uh, uh, Elite 10 uh, John Schuster and company getting back into slam action. That went up in Winnipeg, and they've got uh, our friend Jason Gunlinson, who was on the mic for us uh, several draws in in um, U.S. Nationals just this past weekend. That's who Schuster is going to face off again uh, against on Thursday morning, I believe the very first draw of the Princess Auto Elite 10 there in Winnipeg. Yeah, Jason was letting me know, hey, we're the first team to get a crack at them, and <laughs> You know, I think uh, John was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> this is our first game." And you know, that that Elite Ten, these are these are solid, solid teams, and it's you know, this is the elite level that Schuster has gotten himself into, and I, um, I think that uh, you know they're prepared for it. Um, you know, the celebrity that they've sort of become, um, I think, is also is is very much secondary to the the elite curlers that they intend to be from now until you know they end their career somewhere down the road. Um, they they expect to be in these slams all the time. Yeah, and the field just as you hear it, the elite ten. 10 teams and the teams that Schuster will face off against is Gunlinson and there's eight teams from Canada. Then you have uh, Nicholas Adeen and then you have John Schuster. Schuster will have Gunlinson to open up, then Brad Jacobs in the next draw. And then on Friday, it will be Schuster versus Mike McEwen and then finishing with a rematch against Kevin Cooey in the next draw after that. And then the playoffs begin. So, there is no shortage of quality when you only have 10 teams eight of the best in canada plus schuster and nadine whew, that's good stuff up there i can't wait to try and watch a little bit of that yeah and everybody's going to save their best for for schuster oh yeah I mean, that, you know now that he's the gold medal there's a big target on his back too so this should be a, a a good indication of sort of the the level that they've gotten to and and how they'll be able to defend sort of being you know, looked at as uh, the favorites in a lot of a lot of these things. Yep, and that, then after that, of course, the Players Championship, uh, Schuster and Company will be at that one. 
And I'm hearing that they will not play in the Champions Cup due to a scheduling conflict, that being the very last slam at the end of April that they have qualified for. So the Elite Ten starting uh, this Thursday and then the Players' Championship uh, in at the first part of April right after the Men's Worlds. A lot going on. There's a lot more curling left, and uh, just because the Olympics are over, Joe, doesn't mean you have to go into uh, you know into the curling doldrums. There is a whole lot left to go before we really uh, get ready for a summer that I can say I know from the athletes' perspective they're ready for it because this Olympic cycle started very early. In a lot of ways, it was a run-on season from last year to this year where they really didn't have much time off last summer. So they are well overdue to get some this coming uh, spring and um, through the summer months. Yeah, you know, um, you know, the Olympics sort of signifies the end of a cycle. But in reality, these teams that have formed for the Olympic cycle, a lot of them stick together through the end of these slams. And then, you know, you'll see a lot of teams reshuffle, yep. uh, get ready for the next cycle. Um, but, you know, teams like, uh, you know, Schuster, Sinclair, you know, these are teams that, that qualify for these events now, um, these big-time events. Uh, Roth uh, is in the same boat. Um, and, and it's going to be nice to be able to talk about the U- these U.S. teams and these big slam events all year round. Yep. And uh, just to throw it in there, I believe Jamie Sinclair did qualify for the Players' Championship, and they certainly qualified for the Champions Cup with their win at U.S. Nationals. I believe they got enough points to move into the Players' Championship. So Sinclair had a lot on the line this past weekend. So anyway, all right, Joe, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Episode 39, anything else you got on your plate that I'm missing? Oh, just one more time, I'm going to push that Curly in the Gathering bond spiel here in the Rochester Curling Club. We have a few uh, team slots left uh, April 13th to 15th. Go to rochestercurling.org for more information. It's going to be a blast, and uh, looking forward to seeing some folks and friends there. Yep, we're looking forward to seeing you again next week. We will. Uh, this will be our one for this week. Then we'll come back with another pod next week as uh, we'll have more to talk about, especially with the results from the Elite Ten. Women's Worlds will be underway. The Paralympics will be over. But until then, for Joe Calabrese, Price Atkinson, appreciate everybody listening. You can listen past episodes, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, and certainly Blog Talk Radio, and without a doubt, tesn.us forward slash podcast every single episode. Go back and check out our old episodes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. Do not hire Franklin and Sons Electrical. The guy told me he'd shrink my monthly bill, and I'm like, dude, it's too small to read as it is. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then he's like, where's the circuit breaker? I'm like, bro, I didn't break anything. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. He told me I had a blown fuse. Uh, It's called a short fuse. And yes, I do have one. So watch yourself. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. 
If you're a defender fighting to protect your organization from cyber attackers, you must be successful ending attacks every single time. They only need to be successful once. Cyber Reason reverses the attacker's advantage. Our future-ready attack platform gives defenders the wisdom to uncover, understand, and piece together multiple threats, and the precision focus to end cyber attacks instantly. Together, we are the defenders. Cyber Reason. End cyber attacks. From endpoints to everywhere. Learn more at cyberreason.com. That's C-Y-B-E-R-E-A-S-O-N.com.